December 15th is the most overrated day in the NBA calendar. <laughs> All the time you hear December 15th, December 15th, December 15th. And that is the day that most players who signed as free agents the last offseason, not all, but most of them become eligible to be traded. So it's looked at as the unofficial start of trade season. However, not all free agents are eligible to be traded December 15th. For players who got a big raise in re-signing with their previous team, it's January 15th. That applies to a few players, somebody like John Collins with the Hawks. A lot of the times it's somebody coming off their rookie scale contract, going to that bigger second contract who that applies to. So it's not going to be everybody. Also, there are rarely trades on December 15th. Kurt, do you know the last time there was a trade on December 15th? Oh, I've heard this. I heard somebody mention this in, on another podcast a while back, but it was it was a long time ago. It was like 2009 or something. It was a while ago, right? It was 2010. It was a three-team trade between the Rockets and Lakers and Nets uh, with Sasha Vujicic, uh, Jill Smith. Uh, Terrence Williams. It was a it was a second trade that day. It was the Rockets and Jermaine Taylor to the Kings for a second round pick that never conveyed. Uh, I think that was just part of this trade. Basically, just worked into two trades. And before that, it was two thousand three. Uh, so this is not like teams yeah. are just waiting to trade their free agents. However. We are reaching a, a point where contracts are shorter. More players are signing as free agents. Uh, this seems to be an active in-season trade market with Ben Simmons still hanging out there. He's been eligible to be traded this whole time. He's not who we're talking about today. Uh, but today, we are going to talk about players who are newly eligible to be traded on December 15th. Uh, not that we're expecting a trade tomorrow, uh, but these players are, are now in the works. Uh, talks can get more serious. Uh there's just not the hypothetical of what if we wait and see where they're at. Um, so I asked Kurt, uh, and I did the same, to come up with a list of the five players who are newly eligible to be traded tomorrow uh, that we're watching most closely. And it could be because of uh, their own trade situation. It, because, it could be because how they fit into a larger trade, right? Maybe a team is is waiting to just use their salary. And it's not about that player. And everybody else in the trade has been eligible to be traded. A lot of different ways you can go about it. Uh, but just the players we're keeping an eye on now that the situation is changing. Uh, so, Kurt, uh, if anybody's still listening after I downplayed how meaningful this date is, uh, why don't you lead us off? Who tops your list of players you're watching newly available to be traded on December 15th? Uh, there's a few guys I'm kind of curious about. Um, but at the top of my list, honestly, I think the guy – or and I'm, I'm doing this as in guys I think will genuinely be moved. Um I'm going to start with Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. Also uh, on my list. Yeah, with the Boston Celtics. He is flat out just outplaying the $5.9 million he's making this year. That Remember, he, he uh, we, could, we could rehash the whole how he blew it with the Lakers not accepting you know what was potentially offered as an extension. I think he thought he was worth more. Uh, he wasn't really happy with his role necessarily with the Lakers. But looking back, he'd probably like to uh, – when I had uh, Todd Rasmussen, the agent, uh, um, on the on the podcast, he's like, I kind of tell my players, take the money and we can get you moved later. Like, don't <laughs> pass up the money. Um, sounds like he, I think he thought more was out there. But anyway, he's completely outplayed the, he's not, he's not the end all be all. He's not great efficiency, but 17.1 points a game, outplaying the 5.9. And the big thing for me, Dan, is, He's going to earn a raise as a one-year contract, and the Celtics will not be able to pay. Like They're limited by the CBA on what they can pay. So they're better off trading him and getting something back because they're not going to be able to resign him. They're just going to lose him for nothing. 
So uh, through non-bird rights, they could offer him just over seven million starting salary next year. Right, probably won't be right. enough. Uh, if if they uh, opened up the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, they could get up over ten million. Maybe that'd be enough. Maybe not. Um, after turning down the eighty-four million that you mentioned from the Lakers, gotta think uh, he's going to be prioritizing money on yes. his next contract. Um, but any team that trades for him would be in the same boat. Uh, they, they'd have the same disadvantage. You know, he's basically going to be a a free, free agent, agent. where whereas whereas prior team isn't going to have much of an advantage if any no matter where he is um the celtics are getting something out of him the celtics are competitive what do you think about the idea of just keeping him and even if you lose him uh wh- who are you going to get or, or do you just not care enough about this season is this uh, i won't say a lost year but a year where you're not prioritizing it because it hasn't gotten off to the the best start i think it's more of the latter i think that they're struggling um they're if you're Boston, if I'm the Celtics right now and I'm looking at this, man, yeah, maybe it's a second round pick and some, you know, a player I'm not going to use much, but that, that might be better for me than just letting this ride out. I don't, I, I don't want to say this is a lost season. They, they absolutely could still make the postseason, but I struggle with this team. I struggle trying to figure out because they should just be better than they are on paper to me, but they're not very good, Dan. <laughs> no, but they're not bad. I mean, they're 500, right? right they're, they're right. They're, they're not. They're right they, in the mix. They're not what you thought they would be. What we thought they would be, and I guess with that, I just they I might be what I were, thought they were going to be. Um, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I thought they'd be better than this, and so I think that they're kind of looking around now, thinking, what kind of what kind of bolder moves can we make? Yes. It, if going back to the preseason, uh, as we were doing our season preview uh, series, there there was a post you wanted to write, and I'm going to try and look up the the headline real quick that you ended up going with. Uh, but it was basically about Celtics optimism, and I told right. you I can't write that one. You you got to take that one. Yeah. Uh, and and you weren't alone. There were a lot of people, and I, I wasn't down on the Celtics. I I thought I was uh, pretty middling, but there were so many people high on them. I'm I just, still struggling to see why. I think why. that I underestimated looking back now, and 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 actually talking to people about the Celtics is I just thought with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they'd be better playmakers than they've turned out being. They can both go isolate and go get you buckets. They can both score. They are both. And and like Monday night when Jason Tatum goes off, he's it's a work of art, right? When he drops 42 and he just gets rolling, he, he can score with the best of them, but they don't, when they get rolling, it becomes very isolation-y and it just, they don't move the ball and the team just kind of becomes stagnant. And they're – frankly, Dan, they're not much fun to watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I found the headline, are we sleeping on an improved top four in the East uh, Boston Celtics team? And I said, you got to take that one. Because uh, I did have him making the playoffs though and I think Dennis Schroeder, you know, you talk about something where it's a second rounder. That's better for the long term. Uh but the, losing Dennis Schroeder, maybe that makes the difference between making the playoffs and not like, does yeah. Boston care about that? Right. Is that a big deal to, I know their ambitions have been higher and are often higher in Boston, understandably because of the success that franchise has had historically, but it's nice to make the playoffs. It's nicer. You know, it's better to yeah. make the playoffs than not. Um, I find the enjoyable make plays. Maybe, maybe expectations there have just gotten so high. That means nothing. To them, and I'm also curious here what you think about uh you know they don't move the ball well enough and how does Dennis Schroeder factor into that right he he reinvented himself a little bit that year he spent with the Thunder yeah. where he was basically uh you know the third point guard playing behind Chris Paul and behind Shea Gilgis Alexander and 
you know, he was never the best passer by any means, uh, but that was more of his game, more of the traditional lead ball handler. And he's found success, uh, you know, I won't say an off guard, but something a, a more combo-y than he was yeah. before. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know exactly how this looks for the Celtics because Jason Tatum is really good. Jalen Brown are really good. I think you're going to want the ball in their hands. And so the idea of, oh, you bring in a, a passer, well, now you're taking the ball out of their hands. I think the solution is those two have to be better passers. Uh, but maybe you can bring somebody in in the short term and get a bump. And maybe you could trade Schroeder for a better fit. Somebody who's not quite as good, but a better fit. But he is playing well for Boston. I don't know. I I, I think I'm a little bit more bullish on the idea that he can help the Celtics the rest of this season. And there's value to that, even if they lose him for nothing in the offseason. Yeah. It's, again, they're not getting that much back. So we'll see what, what comes available. But like, I just I think that they've got to at least shop him and see. They've got to at least see if somebody if there's some team that decides they need the point guard that you know the point guard depth more. Um, could he go back? You know, go back to Atlanta. They have, that team still <laughs> falls off a cliff when Trey Young sits. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I don't know where the feelings are between everybody. Yeah, I don't there, know that that's happening. But yeah. yeah. If, and as we go through these, if there are any of these where you see a particular destination or why you're intrigued, uh, stop me and let me know and put them in. I won't ask you on all of them because for me, for my list, I, I generally roll with players where I'm not sure where they'll end up, where, yeah, where there are a lot of possibilities. It's not just, Schroeder, oh, I Schroeder see that Yeah, Schroeder's absolutely one where I don't know just because, like you said, the value of getting him is getting him for the rest of the season because if whoever trades for him, basically you're not going to be able to re-sign him. So well, well, you can't. You just won't have a leg up. You won't have. Right. I, I just think he's going to end up this time. You know what? What was you? You, you rattled off another seven million, seven point one, whatever you can give him for next season. I just got a feeling he's going to get more than that. That he's going to get solid backup money closer to the mid level. And and if he doesn't get that, like from from his prior team, that seven point one, that means something went wrong. They don't want him back anyway. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's it's like the same thing that happened to Marcus Cousins with the Warriors. Everybody's like, oh, it's a one year thing, and then it turned out that uh, that he wasn't worth that that. Uh, most that Golden State could have given him. Same yeah, situation. Exactly. Uh, so so Schroeder was on my list. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Two. Uh, so let's let's jump back to you. Uh, who else is on your list? Do you want to talk uh, about number two uh, or the other guy? Uh, just because I think there's a demand for big men around the league. Uh, Robin Lopez. Ah, not on my list. Um, making a, a cool five million this year and 
provides solid big man play. And, you know, Dan, could he replace his brother? He's not the same player that his brother is. Um, uh, I'm going to assume, by the way, that we're just not going to see Brooke Lopez this year. If, if you've missed the start of the season with back issues, then you've got to have surgery mid-season as a big man. I just, I, I hate to rule it out. They, they they have not put a timeline on him. Maybe he can return, but you can't be betting on that if, if you're Milwaukee, right? Like you've got to go out and see, I mean, I don't know that you need to go try to hunt down a Miles Turner, but you need, you need a backup five. I mean, I, you mentioned Miles Turner. I'd love him as a five, yes. as a starting five in Milwaukee. I don't know He'd exactly if they can put the pieces together. Uh, it might be nice to still have uh, PJ Tucker on this roster. He's not going to be the same player as Brooke Lopez, not the same no. size and length in the paint, but you can change your identity. At least you have somebody who can play the position. And yes, they could have still had PJ Tucker. They chose not to pay that much. Uh, that was their choice. Uh, right. Coming, you know, coming where that franchise is, uh, they're still paying plenty, right? We can say their, their tax bill is high, but it could have been higher in the team could have been stronger positioned. Uh, Robert Lopez would be an interesting fit there. And uh, the one reason he didn't quite crack my list is I'm not sure he's good enough anymore to for me to care so much, but he was friend. He was one of my honorable mentions for the list. Um, and, and also, I don't know, the Magic, I think, had to know they were going to be bad this year. Yeah. And so... I, and, and Robin Lopez had to know the magic were going to be bad. And I, I feel like – and maybe they just went into it saying, look, it, we want your leadership for half a season. We want your veteran presence to set a tone, and we'll work with you to get you somewhere at the trade deadline if you want. That Those types of arrangements happen. Uh, but also maybe they're just like, we want you for this season. We'll pay you. We want you around. Like, will you accept this role uh, for the whole year? Um, so I, I don't know, right? Like from the outside, it's real tough to tell which of those two it is. But I – he does not fit in Orlando. I agree with you there. Yeah, and I'm not, you know, obviously Mo Bamba. I'm not sure how the Mo Bamba Wendell Carter thing fits together, frankly, terribly well anyway. But Robin's the third man out, and it's a reasonable contract. Um, and again, for 15 minutes a night off the bench, he can help some teams that are looking for that end up looking for depth at the five. So. I, I'm by the way, I'm not sold Milwaukee. I just like the idea of him replacing his brother. Um, <laughs> yes. Which, by the way, did if, if anybody's not heard this, um, they were on NPR's uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me together a few weeks ago when they were, well, when the Bucks and Magic were going to play and it was going to be a thing, except obviously Brooke never played. Um, they're hysterical together. They're just so <laughs> funny when they're together. Yes, yes. And I, I think they'd probably both rather have Robin Orlando so that Brooke can go visit, especially if he's going to be out injured, you know, go visit and go to Disney World on an off day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Magic might want to do something. I don't know how much Robin's going itch to be itching to leave, especially in the winter, right? As it gets colder, <laughs> you know, I, I like Milwaukee. I'm not, but at that time of year, this yeah. time of year, I think I'd rather I, be I, Orlando. Yeah, exactly. Milwaukee in June is not Milwaukee in February, is what you're saying? That's right. Uh, <laughs> I had another big man on a bad team, uh, Daniel Tice on ah, the Rockets. Yes. Uh, is he on your list too? He was. He actually was yeah. on my list. Yeah. Um, another one where I don't know exactly what they were thinking the offseason. I think there was um, a little bit more um, naivete uh, in Houston than Orlando about uh, – I think the Rockets had some more designs of being more competitive this year. He's 29 years old. Doesn't really fit with their you know young core, all the rookies they have. They gave him a hefty contract too, an early in free agency. Yeah. He got three years, uh, more than $26 million as a fourth-year team option 
after that, and he just hasn't fit. Uh, the Rockets are two and fourteen when he starts, and they got better. They're seven and four when he's uh, not starting. It's because this two big lineup with him and Christian Wood just isn't working. Now they could trade Christian Wood. Uh, that's possibly could get some value there, right? If they figure the the timeline is better to to get a draft pick or a, a younger player than Christian Wood. Christian Wood has much more valuable value than Tice. Uh, but Tice, I don't know, just doesn't seem to fit. He's a solid defender. He shoots some threes. Maybe he'll even make some. Uh, they they got uh, Elper and Shangun, uh, one of their rookies, right. uh, who's shown some flashes as a big man. They could open up a bigger role for him if Tice is gone. Uh, they could maybe get uh, Usman Garuba into the rotation later in the year, another one of their rookies, uh, if Tice is gone. He just seems to fit better somewhere else. Uh, one of my questions, though, is that's a fairly he- hefty contract yeah. uh, f- for someone who... I, you know, he looked good before, right? Like, it didn't seem like a terrible contract when they signed it. But once you're kind of stained by losing and being in an awkward fit, even if we know, like, oh, it's not Tice's fault the Rockets are bad. It's not his fault he fits poorly. Uh, but all of a sudden, the shine wears off. And uh, I don't know how many teams are going to be itching to take that contract. I, I, By the way, part of the reason I had him on my list is just to get in discussing. Houston, uh, to me, is going to be a fascinating team to watch. They have... After that 15 game losing streak, they have you know won six in a row. They've they've actually played well of late, uh, picking up wins, but it's largely been you know like last night they came back and won in Atlanta. Well, because Eric Gordon and and uh, DJ Allingstein kind of went off, right? Like your veterans are leading them. At I'm curious. I mean, they're kind of showcasing them now. But Christian Wood, you mentioned. Uh, Eric Gordon, absolutely. Uh, some other guys. I think that that's a team more than willing to move its veterans to get younger, young pieces and picks. Uh, I think that this is still a rebuilding team that probably will try to bottom out a little in the second half, but I think they're willing to move their veterans. I think so too. The one that confounds me a little bit is Eric Gordon because it seemed like he's been in that boat for a while. Yes. That he'd be the veteran who'd be moved and it, he's still there. And I, I just don't quite understand why. Uh, you know, sometimes teams have more of an attachment to their own player than, than you'd think for whatever reason, uh, even when it doesn't seem to fit. Yeah, they do. I just, to me, it's time for, I expect multiple moves out of them. A Christian Wood, to me, by the way, again, if you're Milwaukee or one of these teams looking for a big. Oh, I like the way he fits in a lot of. I just I like him as a player. I I don't know that I like. Look, I'd like Miles Turner better, but I think Christian Wood could help a lot of teams. Uh, yes. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Christian Wood was already in Milwaukee in yes, that phase of his career when teams were running through him. And I and every time he got waved, I'm like, man, this guy is talented. Why why does he keep getting waved? And he finally got his his opportunity in Detroit. It was nice to see him. But altogether, he's playing well for Houston too. Uh, he he has value. And he's you know he's not old by any means. He's still only twenty six. Uh, so he could be part of the Rockets' next phase. I, I'm with you. I expect the Rockets to move their veterans. He's that in between player, Christian Wood, where where it could go either way. Yeah, very much so. Uh, um, so who else do you have on your list? That was uh that was I guess one where we we both have uh, Daniel Tice. Who else do you have? Um, every team likes shooting. Um, Bryn Forbes. Ah, my my last cut. Your last cut, yeah. It, it, Bryn Forbes is to me exactly. It's just four point five million can come in and just man can can just give you some solid bench minutes. You know, knock down some shots for you, space the floor, uh, play smart basketball. I think I th- I just think he can help. The, the Spurs are going to be another interesting team to watch. You know, with Thaddeus Young who. 
That is young. A year ago, I was like, I can't believe more teams are not snapping him up as a small ball five. And now I'm not sure if that demand is there. He hasn't really fit in and impressed terribly well down in San Antonio, but Bryn Forbes has and has had some good games. And I think he will he, he will definitely draw interest at the deadline. I wonder whether his experience uh, with uh, the the Bucks last year in the playoffs turns off some of the the higher end teams, where his role really shrunk as the playoffs yeah. went on. He was a little too small. Uh, so if you have the grandest of ambitions, maybe you're not as interested. But there are plenty of teams trying to advance in the playoffs, like win one series or just get into the playoffs. I think you can help plenty of teams. The Spurs have really good depth at guard, so he's yeah. varied a little bit. Um, you know, I, it didn't really make sense to me him coming back so much. Maybe there's just a comfort level there, and um, yeah, you know, he, he he could get get the money, and maybe he, he felt like he had to take what was available to him after uh, after falling out of the rotation uh, with the Bucks. But he's a solid player. He's improved his all around game. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. The the reason I he was actually on my list, I took him off, is because. The Spurs just are so reluctant to make in-season trades. Yeah, it's so that. it's it's so so rare for them. I'm like, ah, eh, I don't know if I'm watching the Spurs as closely as uh as some other players. Yeah, they're really hesitant. I by the yeah, and then by the way, did you find yourself like I was trying to find? Well, actually, one guy is there, so I take it back. Um, I was trying to find players on teams I thought would make moves to fit in yes. this, in this list too. So. We'll yes. get to we'll get to some of those. Yeah, I mean, basically, I'm looking for players who just signed as free agents, but don't really fit with yeah. necessarily with where their team is. Um, and so, yes, Bryn Forbes absolutely fits that mold. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just don't trust San Antonio uh, to, to trade somebody in season. Uh, somebody on my list, uh, Kemba Walker. Sacrifice. Go yeah, ahead. Sacrifice, yeah. sacrifice more than $2 million uh, to leave the Thunder to come to the Knicks. Went from starting. Uh, he, his playing time dropped. But even right before, he played 23 minutes in his last couple games with the Knicks. And now just cannot get on the court. They don't view, uh, like view him a, as a decent backup. Like He's just not part of the rotation. Uh, maybe he's too small for Tibbs defensively. Although Tibbs has sometimes let a, a scoring guard let them kind of cook offensively and had everybody else defend around him, not taking that path with Kemba Walker. There just doesn't seem to be a lot of faith in him. Kemba Walker has a big name. Uh, 
know, there, there was a lot put behind him coming there. It feels like there's some weird political considerations, a lot going on. Benching him has not been the solution. Uh, the Knicks were 10 and 8 when they had Kemba Walker in the lineup. They're 2 and 7 without him. Now, that's not because they're not playing Kemba Walker. They got outscored by 13, more than 13 points per 100 possessions when he played. He was part of that dreadful starting lineup that was getting outscored by almost 16 points per 100 possessions when he was in it. Like he was not the solution, but benching him completely is not the answer either. Uh, so I don't know what the Knicks are going to do with him. I don't know what he wants. The Knicks are trying to craft this image of we're going to be a place that attracts stars. I think some of that is going to be doing right by the guy who sacrificed more than 2 million to join your team and not just burying him on the bench. I don't know what that looks like. It could be a trade. Yeah, it could be. I, it felt well. It didn't feel like it was pretty clear. Thibodeau just didn't want to mess with the. He liked quickly and Rose together as and the guards they, off the bench, they, and so they mesh so, well, and they do. But that meant jumping Alec Burks over everybody, and that hasn't, like you said, that just hasn't worked as starter. At some point, you're going to have to, I think, maybe break up that combo off the bench and slot Kemba or Burks or whoever you're going to put in in there as a, as a backup guard. Um, I'm curious. I'm I'm just curious what the market is for him out there. He's he's a bit creaky, like to me. I mean, he put up some numbers, but just he did not look like the same explosive guy anymore. And I'm not sure how how much demand there will be for him. So this is going to be the second straight year of me saying, yes, Kemba Walker has slipped, uh, but he has not slipped by quite as much as some people are saying. Uh, you know, he can still play. I think he can still help some teams. Uh, he's declining from a star peak. Uh, oh, yeah. You no, know, he's all-NBA level player in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. Don't, like, get expectations out of whack. He's not that player anymore. He's not as good as he was even in in Boston last year, right? So slipping from that is it's not great. It's, it's not a great situation for for where he's at especially defensively you know he is showing signs of age but i think he could help a team he's he's a talented ball handler scorer uh, all that i you know i i don't know where he is about accepting a bench role right maybe that has something to do with it i'm not just trying to blame tibbs for this situation uh maybe kemba walker is resistant to to coming off the bench i i don't know it's a weird situation um but i i gotta think he's uh would be open to a trade rather than sitting on the bench i would think so and i think the knicks are have the Knicks reached the, we need to shake this up a little bit point. Like it's just. Yeah. I don't think trading, you know, uh, a guy who's getting DNP CDs and only making uh you know, eight ish million a year yeah, is, is the shakeup. Uh, if that, but you know, it, it could be part of the move too, right? Some, a lot of these guys we've mentioned have these middle middling salaries where we're talking about the reasons they could get traded. Some of them, uh, the reason they're on this list is just because, well, they could be part of a trade, right. right? Their salary fits, and their team could be active. And the Knicks definitely look like a team that could be active. I don't, you know, I don't think the timing is right for them to get that star they want. I don't think Damian Lillard is becoming available. But if he somehow did, right, you got to get up to Damian Lillard's salary. Yep. Well, yeah, Kemba Walker's salary might slot in there. Yeah, exactly. I think that there's def- definitely some of that. But I'm with you. I'm not sure Lillard goes. If I just don't think Lillard, if he ends up leaving Portland, which you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I'd still kind of bet on that as being, it's just not a deadline thing, right? Like I expect if we're going to see a move there, a bold move, it's going to be involving CJ and, and CJ McCollum and, and Yusuf Nurkic and in combination or separately or whatever it takes. And, you know, maybe an Anthony semi, so they're going to throw some other guys in there. I just don't see, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't see him leaving mid-season. And if you're not getting that, if you're the Knicks, 
Leon Rose has done a good job of not like, well, we didn't get who we wanted. We didn't get who we wanted. Let's go get aging super. Hey, let's go get Russell Westbrook. Let's go get aging superstar X just to try to put up some numbers and entertain people. He's been pretty good about keeping his powder dry. How long has he been on the job? <laughs> it has not been long enough to be giving him this credit. Like, oh, he hasn't made a completely irrational move to just go get uh, yeah. some aging star to to satisfy uh, New York and James Dolan, all that. Like, I, yeah. Steve Mills came in talking about we're going to patiently rebuild. And then the next thing you know, Tim Hardaway's got a giant contract and uh, they're trading Christoph's like, like I I, I'm not uh, I'm not ready to give Rose much credit for not making that move yet. Maybe he won't. Maybe he will go the right direction. Uh, but it's too early for me. With with every GM job in the league, there's a certain amount of managing up and managing your yes. owners. It is part of it. I got to think that's harder with the Knicks. <laughs> Everywhere, maybe Sacramento. I'm not sure where else that's going to be a tougher gig. Uh, yeah, those uh, at least Sacramento. Uh, <laughs> Well, I don't know if I, at least Sacramento to a degree. If if you're, for example, the the previous if you're Vladi Divac, uh, you might just be happy to managing any direction uh, coming in unprepared for that job. Yeah. You know, <laughs> at, at least in New York, they they tend to pick some people with uh, some experience in in basketball operations, whether yeah. from the agent side or or front office. Uh, front office coach, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you've you've probably earned your way there a little more rather than just being a, a likable player from. From the organization decades ago, uh, what in the tone we're talking about players who can just mix in because of their salary? I got one guy on my list who has not played a minute this season. Uh, Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, he was. I, it was literally the next guy on my list that I was going to bring up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's got a five million salary. He was the highest paid uh, outside free agent on the Lakers. Uh, you know, he's the the fifth highest paid player on the team after LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker is somebody else. Uh, a lot of these trade packages where the Lakers are linked to somebody good who obviously uh, if they're not a, on a rookie skill contract, if they're good, they probably got a, a big salary. A lot of those packages are going to be Kendrick Nunn, Taylor Horton Tucker and what? Uh, and that's just to get to the yeah. salary. Uh, is Nunn going to play at all before he gets uh, potentially traded before he comes up you know, more seriously in trade talks. Maybe he's probably uh, last I heard it sounded like he wouldn't be back a- until January at the earliest. And who knows when in January, I don't think that was clear. Uh, a lot of uncertainty when he plays, I'm not sure he's the answer to what ails the Lakers. I don't know about, you know, a, a guard like him, if that's exactly what they need, although it doesn't hurt to, to have him. He's a talented player, but that 5 million salary that opens the door to a, a lot of different trades. Exactly. I haven't heard a construction of a, a Laker trade going going after somebody that doesn't it basically it's it's Horton Tucker and like you said it's Horton Tucker and none and then pick your pick your veteran minimum guy you know it's is it I don't I don't I don't think anybody's clamoring for Dwight Howard but maybe somebody wants a Wayne Ellington or a, a Kent Bazemore or somebody or just that salary makes it work. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Jeremy Grant has come up as, as a potential yeah. Lakers target, right? So, for example, you could do uh, – j- just in terms of salary construction, you could do Kendrick Nunn, Taylor Horton Tucker, a- and one minimum salary player, which right. you know seems feasible. Uh, the other one that's come up is Ben Simmons, where it would be Taylor Horton Tucker, Jeremy Grant, and eight min- minimum salary yeah, players, that, which is just impossible. Uh, any I, – I honestly believe if Ben Simmons is moved, there's a really good chance that Oklahoma City is ultimately involved in that deal because they've got $34 million in cap space and can help facilitate some bad contracts moving around. It still doesn't work for the Lakers. They're still – 
there's unless somebody wants Russell Westbrook and, and good luck with that. Um, I just, there's no way for them to move enough salary out to make it work. The other problem with the Lakers is you got to, at some point, it's not just about the salary, right? That's where we started the conversation. The other thing is you got to make it worthwhile for the other team. And so the Lakers can trade one future first round pick. It's not going to convey till 2026 or 2027. And you can't, you can't send more than that. Uh, These minimum salary players, like, I don't think there's a lot of demand for them on on the types of teams that would be trading. So maybe Philadelphia likes somebody, right? Maybe they're like, yeah, one of these minimum salary players can give us depth and we we like them. And that adds just the small amount to value. But like uh, the Lakers are not going to be able to get somebody like Ben Simmons uh, for the value of uh, Talon Horton Tucker, who's a nice young player and one very distant first round pick. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It's that, that yeah, it's, I think it's 2017, 2018. Like they've got to push those picks so far out because of potential. 26 or 27. Oh, it is 26 or 20. I, okay. I've misheard that, but it's just because of all the picks they're sending to, well, basically everybody to, uh, <laughs> to get all these players. Yeah. It just, I, I got a feeling, I know the Lakers are going to try really hard to make a deal. I just don't know that they're going to be able to move the needle. They may end up being more of a buyout team than a, and, and hope for something there. I just don't know what, who they're going to be able to trade for that really changes any dynamic for them. You know, what one player who almost made my list in just such a boring way was DeAndre Jordan, uh, where if they're going to be that buyout team, right, you want to clear a roster spot it, because of how deep they are into the luxury tax. It's more financially prudent to pay a team to take DeAndre Jordan and then you don't you get his salary completely off the books rather than if you waive right. him yourself uh, and then it's still on your books. And, and so whoever the minimum salary players who falls out of the rotation very easily could get moved in a deal like that. And they weren't eligible to do that until December 15th. Uh, I'm not what just collectively something I'm watching with the Lakers. Um, Russell Westbrook, though, as long as we're on the Lakers, do you think that you know we, we're talking about this Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn trade construction? Uh, to get to a bigger salary. Do you think there's any chance they would just trade Russell Westbrook? And maybe that just means, yeah, I'm just talking for salary matching purposes yeah. generally, right? I don't think there's a ton of demand for Russell Westbrook, and especially if we're at the point where the Lakers would trade him. I don't think there's a ton of demand, but maybe it's sending him to Oklahoma City, right? Uh, with with some compensation to the Thunder, but to get to a higher salary, like j- just to rearrange pieces. Maybe you get more depth. You get a couple of highly paid players who aren't quite as... I don't know what the right word is anymore. Talented. I won't say good. Or maybe you get somebody as good and you send out that first uh, round pick. You send out Taylor Horton Tucker too. Uh, but you do something where where Westbrook is involved. Do you think they'd be open to that type of shakeup? Or, or do you just think this big three is what you're going to get for this year? I think the way that that group – I mean, honestly, when all three of – when when you put the big three for the Lakers with Davis and LeBron and Westbrook on the floor and Davis at center – Numbers are actually decent, but I think they'd be open to a shakeup. I think that they would be uh, – they realize that they're just not there and that, that you know, they're, they've won a few games in a row. They look okay when LeBron decides to put them on their back, but I just think that they would make the – I think they'd make a bold move, but you'd have to get somebody they really want. Like you'd have to be – I'm just not – like you said, I'm not sure who that person is. I'm not sure if that person comes available, anybody wants Westbrook, but I think they'd be open to it if the – if the move came. Yeah. I mean, so that, I mean, that is the reason we both have Kendrick Nunn on our list. Yeah. It's because we don't think there's that Westbrook move, right? Exactly. It's going to be something smaller. I, and honestly, the guy I almost left off was George Hill for much the same reason. I think the Bucks want to make move, you know, now that, again, I think they want to bring in a, uh, some help with the five. 
George Hill's a $4 million movable salary. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a, uh, he's definitely a, uh, a possibility. Was he, uh, was he on your list or, no, or just, just, you said just missing the cut? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so who else did you have on the list? Actually that I thought we went through five. Did I, are you, are you through all five yes, of yours? I am. I am. Okay. So I, I've got one kind of three left because I, I cheated uh, all from the same team. If I pick one, it's Jermichael green, uh, oh. but the, all you can put all three of them together. Jermichael green, Will Burton and uh, Jeff green. I don't know what the nuggets want to do. Uh, you know, they've got these injury issues. Now who knows when Jamal Murray will be back, how he'll look. Uh, presumably the nuggets have a better idea on yeah. those questions. Uh, Michael Porter jr. Right. Uh, major, 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 uh, short-term long-term health issues not sure what what that means for them in terms of team building like this was when they were supposed to be good last year was when they were supposed to be good and then jamal murray got hurt right they got aaron gordon they have all the pieces in place uh when everybody's healthy uh for brief spurts like it's looked really really good like championship yes. level good and i don't know what they're gonna do now Nikola Jokic is amazing uh the team is middling what do you want to do do you want to make the playoffs do you care about that uh you know i are you trying to still push in for this year and make the most of a year where Nikola Jokic is awesome? Or are you saying, well, Nikola Jokic is always awesome. We can take a step back. Do you try and trade somebody like Will Barton? Uh, you know, this, this is a fairly young team. I don't yeah. I don't know if you can count on anything from Michael Porter Jr. going forward. But I think if you're the Nuggets, you almost have to because if you, if you don't, well, what are you going to do about it? So you might as well maybe just bake that in. But this core of Jokic and uh, Murray and Porter and Aaron Gordon, it's very young. Um, and so you do have a window there. Will Barton is older. He's he's into his 30s. Uh, you know, same same with Jermichael Green. Yep. Uh, same with Jeff Green. Jeff Green's even older, right? Are these guys you try and move to, to get more uh, for the long term? Or are, are they uh, just going to help you win as much as you can this year and Making the playoffs again is better than not making the playoffs. I don't know where they stand, and all three of those players are are coming out of the trade market now. Yeah, I with you. I think that actually that they would be willing to move one of those guys in a for a I, we'll call it a longer term move. Somebody more on the Jokic um, Murray horizon as opposed to a look Bart uh, Green and well the Greens were kind <laughs> of both brought in as more win now type moves, right? Like the guys who could absolutely help them win some games and push in right now. And since that, you know, I guess it depends on what you think, but I, I, to me, even if they get, uh, they get Jamal Murray back, I just, without Porter playing there, I'm not sure how dangerous they are in the postseason. They're good. They're better, but I don't know that they're contenders. I thought they needed him, but maybe you can make some, Maybe you can move those guys to a place and and get some pieces to come back because I still think they their window is still open for a few years and and you you want to be careful thinking they in fact they might be the poster child for thinking hey we can wait a year like you you never know what's going to happen you need to try to take advantage of stuff while you can but I've got a feeling any win now push it in move for this season is just. They're not going to be able to push the push that rock up that hill. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm with you. Uh, I don't think they will, but there's a chance. Yeah. Um, 
And, and part of the complications of, of trading Will Barton or to Michael Green in particular, I mean, Jeff Green is new, but these guys seem like they're they're good for the Nuggets culture and yeah. really part of, of who they want to be. I mean, the Nuggets have a good culture, too. It's not yes. just the talent. It's all come together, or at least all could have come together uh, if everybody were healthy. I mean, to Michael Green jump from the Clippers uh, after, after the Nuggets had that uh, 3-1 comeback against them and really talked up uh, – you know how much he likes how Denver plays and what they represent. Will Barton's been around longer. It just seems to really be part of it. Yeah. Um, but there's also a risk in hanging around and keeping those guys. Uh, uh, Michael Green has a player option for next year. Uh, Will Barton uh, signed for for a couple of years, and, and so there's a risk in keeping them. And as they get older and they decline and their value isn't there, and you know yeah. maybe you miss that that right window to move them too. Yeah, I think that you've got to you've got to look for opportunities there. Um, I, uh, to me, uh, Will Barton is a little more entrenched. I mean, he's been there a long time and, and had some injury issues and missed a little, uh, missed some windows, but does seem part of what they want to do and what they want to be in his like to the locker room. I'm, yeah, it's just, I, we talk about a team that I just feel bad for just snake bit mm-hmm. because they just, I thought, I really thought maybe I, we, we didn't have them at the start of the year, you know, we did our predictions, but I think we were both like, you know, if Jamal, Jamal Murray comes back and they stay healthy. This is in a Murray's 90% of himself. Watch out. Like they were kind of one of those teams. And now it just doesn't feel like this year is going to be that year for them. One name that has not come up in our discussion much is Ben Simmons, who looms over the yes. the whole trade landscape. Um, I looked, I looked to see, is there a potential trade where, uh, there's somebody who was a free agent who's now going to be available to be traded where plugging in his salary makes it work. And like, is that something to watch for? I just didn't see anything so obvious. I mean, it could work out in plenty of trade iterations where yeah. there is a, a free agent who fits. But was there anybody you considered putting on in particular because of Ben Simmons? Where no. Because of everything going on with Ben Simmons, there's somebody who signed this year who's a, who was a free agent where – yeah, he's he's gonna be the player to watch. Yeah, because none of the salaries, the, the guy. Well, let me rephrase that: the guys making that kind of salary, just I don't know that are you know nobody's moving. The Heat aren't moving Kyle Lowry. Uh, the, the oh, Sunday sure, I wasn't looking, but beyond, I that, wasn't looking for a one for one trade. Maybe somebody where a mid level salary, well, where, I, where where I, that's the missing piece. Would I? I wondered if Dallas would have interest. They've kind of swung for the fences uh, before, but I don't think I don't think Simmons fits next to Luca. Like that's hey, let's take the ball out of Luca's hands. Seems like a, I mean, you need secondary playmaking, but I don't think that that's the fit. That's the guy. So somebody, while Tim Hardaway Jr. is available, I just don't see that as the as the fit, right? Like I don't see Ben Simmons fitting there, and I'm not sure who else. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Reggie Bullock are both eligible to be traded uh, tomorrow, and they're both guys I looked at because I don't know. Dallas seems like they are often up to something or at least should be up to something now. And I don't know what that is. I mean, they didn't crack my list, but it's interesting that those guys are now available and they don't seem, uh, they seem potentially movable in the right deal. Uh, But I do know Dallas likes Hardaway. Uh, Bullock hasn't uh, really played as well there. No. And there's some other interesting, like before the season, I would have put Laurie Markkinen on this list. Like, oh, they're going to move him. And and he's got that 15.6 that can bring you back somebody to, (laughs) I don't think I'm the Cavs. I don't think I'm touching anything. Nope. <laughs> that team, nope. that team is winning right now and playing well. And I'm just, I'm going to ride this thing out and see where it goes this year. Uh, the one guy I'd move on there, on there, honestly, if nobody's going to move from Cleveland, it's Sexton, right? 
Like yep, they're right. just I don't I think they move Sexton. They try they'll listen and they might even try to move Sexton just because they don't want to pay him going forward. Like the, Garland is the guy, right? So Gar, if this is going to be the Garland backcourt, I just don't think Sexton. I don't think they want to pay what Sexton's going to get on the market. Right, I agree, but they've always valued Sexton more than every other team has. They're like, oh yeah, we're we're ready to trade Sexton. Give us your great offers. You guys all think he's great as us, right? And it it just doesn't work that way. Um, so we'll see. Uh, now that he's injured, maybe that swings it. It's not going to disrupt their their chemistry to move him. But that gets to the point of most of the players we're going to be talking about and watching uh, as the trade deadline approaches were players who are already eligible to trade. You could trade them today. You don't have to wait for tomorrow in most cases. Right. Um, yeah. December 15th, not quite as big a deal, but does open up the trade market, does change things. Yeah, and I did want to talk about those players. Yeah, because I, th- I, I thought about trying to fit the Kings in there, but that was more about talking about Harrison Barnes and guys who are already available than that. Or, or my sneaky my sneaky guy is I still think the Pelicans will move Jonas Valanciunas somewhere. Uh, he might be a guy. Um, they're not going anywhere, and he has he's knocking it down this year. I think he's a big who could help some teams. So. Uh, yes. Uh, I wonder if they'll go the other direction. Um, I wouldn't recommend it, but you know, is David Griffin, uh, is he going to try and go, go the way toward a a deeper rebuild and and trading somebody who's playing well for them? Or is he going to make a last, uh, get, uh, uh, trying to win? Are you suggesting uh, that he may want to do things that helps him save his job? (laughs) I mean, I, I wouldn't accuse him of that. Uh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, and look at to be clear, if a GM is ever doing those things, it's the owner's fault. If you put an owner or if you put yep. a GM in position to do that, it's your fault. Uh, you reap what you sow. The owner should be looking out for the long term. And if you don't have a GM, you you trust to to handle the long term. You need to move on. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not sure that's the strongest ownership group in the league right now. So. All right. Well, you got Pelicans fans real mad at you. I'll end it there. Uh, Kurt, <laughs> oh, thanks I, for coming. Well, I think we could say things that would make Pelicans fans matter, but we'll, we'll leave those alone. <laughs> well, they are particularly defensive of ownership because that's when you get into discussion of moving the team. Oh, no. Did I go that far? Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.